we back. Tell your friends, like the sands through the money-grubbing hands of Vince McMahon in Saudi, so are the days of our lives as CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast returns. And as always, packed, jacked, underwritten, and sponsored by that wonder drug that keeps working wonders, the performance-enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell, you know, the man whose name is on the damn marquee. In this Campbell podcast, unquestionably is the voice that you hear and ready to unleash a friggin' loaded power hour or so of pro wrestling talk following a seven day stretch of let's call it insanity, folks, across WWE and beyond. Good lord, we may have seen it all this week from Lesnar regaining gold to Shane O'Mac finally proving, pushing 50, that he's the best in the world. Heck, even Hulk friggin' Hogan. Made an ill-fated and unnecessary WWE return in that country that we aren't supposed to say. You know that one that saw, saw, saw. Why don't you just spit it out? Why don't you just talk straight to me and quit beating around the bush? What are you trying to say? Saudi Arabia, buddy. That's what I'm trying to say. Blood money in the sand. Part two. Remember Ridya? Let's get rid of you. Let's get out of here. We also saw a rough raw from England, a friggin' fantastic SmackDown Live, and some NJPW on the timeline, headlined by Chris Jericho, no less. Seriously, this was an insane week. Even saw the great Triple H at his regrettable and not-so-great best, working with just one boob. I am great every night. Not on that night, Trips. But a lot more to talk about that to come, of course. Uh, hey, you know, we used to do that thing called the five-star review. It's all about the fives. It still is, guys. Get out there. Throw us a nice little sentence. Nice little update. You you listen to the show because whose t- side are you on? Are you on a team he never hedged? What are you on? Share your thoughts. Share your rates. Share your reviews. And, you know, this podcast will keep moving forward. Maybe we'll get some more sponsorships. Maybe we'll get some MeUndies on here. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Let's get business picking up going forward. But joining me to break all that stuff down I just teased after another great and long intro is my co-host, the man, the bad guy. Here he comes. Say hello to the bad guy. You know, he is who he is. He claims he's never hedged, but there is audio proof. One day, we'll get the truth. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now. Yeah, good luck finding that audio proof, because every time you claim it, listeners come back. Hey, Silver, hashtag uh, Silver just, King never hedged. There's only so much you time it, in my you day see it, to find it. I think the listeners know. They, they know the score, right? Yeah, now. yeah, they know I don't hedge, and, and it's in the timeline every single week. Hashtag Silver King never hedged. I love it. Thank you guys for always having my back. BC. There's a lot to talk about in WWE and the world wow. of professional wrestling this week. It's insane what just happened in the last seven days. Uh, you know, but like, true, always... but like truly insane, though. Not yeah, like real life crossover. I mean, I didn't yeah. even know that damn NJPW pay-per-view was going on. I had to scramble back and watch most of it, and it was awesome. So it's like that's the 17th thing on our list to talk about this week because, wow. I mean, we could we could go two hours on that disaster in in uh in Ridia over the weekend. Yeah. Good yeah. lord. Wow. Well what what I love about that and you know is really is the right way to start off the show is you know what did we say kind of going in there? I said the only way that they can present that show is never mention Saudi Arabia and just 
never have a single drop of propaganda yes. on the show. And I'm not giving and WWE. Hold on, number three, and make the show amazing so we don't oh, care okay, about right, the politics. Right, and make the show amazing. So I'm not going to give WWE credit for doing anything despicable. What I will say is they followed through on two of those points. They said Ryder or Ridia or whatever the hell whatever the hell it is off the top, not without the country name, and they never mentioned the city or country the entire show. They barely showed crowd shots. They really well, stuck to hold on. They, the wrestling. Mostly though. But look, they they filled the front rows of the crowds with Sultans. They introduced they that They did one show dude. that one Sultan who we don't know who he is, but they showed him one They time, had yes. other guys walking around who were secure. It had a little bit of the feel the first time around, but yes, for the most part, it was less propagandic, if you will. Well, it wasn't less propagandic. There was zero propaganda on it. And uh... again, I'm not I'm not giving them credit for that. There should never have been in the first place. But my hope is that they at least understood how bad it was. And even though they went for business reasons, they at least understood, like, we cannot do X, Y, and Z over here. Let's, let's pause for a second. When, you're in that, when they're in that boardroom and they're having the damage control meetings, who yeah. actually do you think gets it and who doesn't? Like, we assume Vince is like... I mean, he's friggin' eighty. He's seventy something years old. He's a we're, billionaire. We're going. We're going. God damn. Yeah. It. God yeah. damn it. Well, if if we have to kill a guy in a turban, we're gonna do it. Like like he don't care about anything. I as, no. I always wonder about Shane. Like I think the older Shane gets, the more he's gonna be like his old man. We all end up. We all end up. I don't think like Shane that. is in those meetings, man. That's from, a fair point. He's just a talent, right? Yeah. From everything that people say, whether it's uh, Mike Johnson or Meltzer or whoever. It's that he's like a, on a talent contract. He doesn't have stock anymore. He's not involved in the in the company. I think. Look, I do think Vince is smart enough not to brush back when anyone goes. Well, we promised them all these pieces, Vince. We can't do that. Like I don't. I don't think he's going that far. I think he's smart enough. But I do think uh, everyone else there, that George Barrios guy, Stephanie. So Trips. I, I assume Trips is we you know Trips is our savior right because he's not Blood McMahon and he seems to make the most sound decisions <laughs> not creatively. McMahon, that's true. So I yeah. would assume, even though he's a lifetime carny, I would assume he's the voice of reason in there, and it's Steph who's a little of both, right? Because she's really smart, but she's a damn McMahon. I don't even know if Linda's in the conversation anymore. She's 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 out yeah. figuring out if she if she loses the match whether she's going to shave her head. If you lose, all right, we know, yeah. Well, Steph also, but Steph also, like, is on audio record. She was in an interview somewhere of, of saying, like, philanthropy is the next wave of marketing. Yes, that was bad. Like, so so she still has the McMahon mind. Let's not give her too, too much credit. But, look, I, I think they all understood what was going to happen if they went over there and did anything close to what they did for Money in the Sand 1. So it's not credit, but it's at least – at least when I watched the show, I wasn't disgusted and I didn't have to turn it off which I did threaten to do, not that me watching it matters or not, but, you know, I was going to turn off the show if I saw anything like that, and I didn't. And you know what, BC, the problem is maybe I wish they did have something on there that made me turn off the show. The problem was I that watched was, it, cause, yeah. Because that was a piece of trash. So I didn't watch it live, but everyone on my timeline, I was in New York for UFC, we established that. Everybody on my timeline was like, I can't wait this for to end. Get off this my TV. And I thought it was at first like just the lingering bad feelings because I saw more than one of my followers who are also sort of established in their own fields on Twitter, you know, verified people, if you will, that showed a screenshot of them canceling the network. Like they were straight up like, I'm not going to watch this. I'm done with WWE. There was more of those than I thought. But yet all of our wrestling peeps who sort of have to watch this are just too too addicted they can't you know i gotta see this train wreck i gotta see what happens 
they were all kind of complaining, so I assumed it was just like, oh, maybe the card wasn't that good. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. What the hell happened? It, like It was terrible. This it was, was just, and it wasn't bad like, oh, nothing really happened. It was bad, like happens a lot on these in-between WWE shows. This was yeah. like bad. You know what this made? This made that TLC main event last fall with Kurt Angle and a damn uh, Roman Reigns vest uh, shield thing look look fun look like oh that was really cool good booking no that was one of the worst moments ever this this wow jim Cornette, talk to me about it this match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession he, yeah he was talking about the main event and also a few other ones on there what is going on i don't know where to start but the main event adam you want to talk about leaving a bad taste in your mouth normally it's like i said undeveloped booking lazy booking that makes me stop and go you know what I got to reinvest what matters to me. How much time am I going to give at 40 damn years old to this soap opera that never comes through? That main event made me want to just run. Like, I don't even, yeah. like, what am I doing? Why do we care? The no. friggin' Kane was the star of the match. <laughs> Get him off my TV. That's actually a funny way to put it. Kane, the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, was the star of the match. He that's was the most reliable. Insane. He was the most reliable person in that match. By far. By far, not even a question about it. Um, Everyone's legacy got tarnished except for him somehow. Somehow, that's well, got to be a guy I might want to see again because he held that thing together. I don't I don't think uh, – I mean, I think Taker's legacy got tarnished. I don't think everyone's legacy oh, got tarnished oh, in there. Let's go there. But, Please, let's well, go hold there. Hold on. But before that, I want to address something you said. Anyone who canceled the network, right, because of Saudi Arabia – I'll see you guys at Survivor Series when you resubscribe. Or if not then and you think you're going to get two months out of it, I'll see you for the Royal Rumble in January. You'll be back. All right. I, I, lo I love the stand everyone's taking. This drug dealer, Silver King. You'll be no, back. I, no, I, I love the stand everyone is making, canceling the network for $9.99. They'll come back when, it, when they get the penny or the first month free, and you'll keep resubscribing because you're going to watch Royal Rumble and you're going to watch WrestleMania. Yeah, but and I which don't Royal Rumble? Otherwise. The one in the desert or the real one? The real one, okay? That's number one. Number two, I, I found it incredible, and we will get to this main event very briefly, very quickly. Um, I do find it incredible how diametrically different Evolution and Blood Money in the Sand were yes. five days apart from each other. Uh, one, one of the best top-to-bottom pay-per-views from the main roster in a long time, and maybe the best this year since Mania and Evolution, and one of the worst, maybe the worst, I've ever seen in Blood Money in the Sand. I mean, it's incredible. But to talk about this main event, like, you want to talk about washed? These guys are washed. Now, Trips, he can still go. And he can go for a short match where it's one-on-one -on -one and he's the featured yeah, dude. He can go if but, he's got two boobs. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, well, he tore it late in the match. but uh, No, he didn't tore know. it late in the match. He tore it in, like, the first five minutes. Oh, uh, was it? Was it early? Okay, well, regardless, I mean, that was disgusting. And if you've seen those pictures on Twitter... Holy cow. I know he's posting um, these pictures like we're going to applaud him and be like, yeah, man, you're a warrior. No, you shouldn't have been in this match. This shouldn't have been the main event. And it shouldn't have gone 27 minutes. Well, have you I'm ever gonna... seen a match that went like 24 minutes longer than it should have? First of all, I'm going to give Triple H for still wrestling at this quality at this age and for coming back from as many massive, huge, bad injuries as he has had oh, throughout his entire take career. His side so here, but so I will give him credit for all that stuff. In my driveway right now as we record this. How about that? Shout a out to bear? Connecticut. Yeah, damn bear right in my right in my driveway right there. All right. That's, distract hey. that's certainly distracting. Uh, oh, regardless. there's two of them. Whoa, there's another one. This is live podcasting, folks. Two bears. All right. That's why Brian's I'm... taking the pictures. I'll I've talk while Brian's taking yeah, the photos. Yeah, go for it, go um, for it. Combined I... age of like 200 years old in this match. That's the truth. And 
but you're right. The fact that it was 27 minutes, like what sense in the world does that make? And not that I wanted the universal title match to go on long or anything like that, but that match was short. Every World Cup match was short. When a couple of those, I would have liked to see Rey Mysterio wrestle a bit longer against Randy Orton. That would have been cool. Um, I don't, I don't know any reason. I don't have any reason why that final match had to be a half hour. And I don't know why they would book it that way when everyone in the match is 50. There's okay. Th- first of all, there's no excuse that this should have went on last. This should not have gone on. It last. should not have gone but on. Last. Seriously. Like, let's like, let's get all the faux. Ha ha. I'm going to yell and scream. I'm really mad. This went 20, just short of 28 minutes. And with Triple H's early injury, it became cringeworthy. It literally, do you realize the reputation he had built post age 44 the last few years? He could insert himself into major title storylines and pull it off and not just pull it off, be the best damn promo on the card, like over and again. You saw his WrestleMania matches. They speak for themselves. They've been great. It's almost the best work of his career. When he went down, it was cringeworthy. When Michael started doing moonsaults onto his face, it was cringe. Who are we going to rely on? Kane and Taker? This was unreal. And like I said, like, Adam, if this was eight hot minutes of nostalgia, please, the Saudis, whatever. How do you it remotely? How does trips in them when they're whispering each other's ear? Like, dude, my peck is torn. I can't even lift my shoulder above my head. How do you go, hey, let's, yeah, well, we're still going to go to the finish. Yeah, we have 13 more minutes, guys. We got this. What the hell's going on out there? It's incredible. I, I just don't know how you book, forget that. I don't know how you book it that long in the first place. Because if they had those four go for 15 minutes, I still think it would have been bad, but it maybe would have been better. You would have seen all the signature moves shoved into a short period of time. You would have seen a hot tag for HBK, and you get a little piece of everything that you want, and you finish the match, and they go over, and, and maybe everyone's happy at least because it's a short match, and it ends, and, and DX goes out on top, but you're also not saddling them with 30 minutes of 50-year-old oh men wrestling each other. And it, I, and it was bad, dude. It was and really bad. It, it was really bad, and it came on the back of them promoting a universal title match that they didn't give us, and promoting a World Cup final that they didn't give us. Not saying I was very excited for the World Cup, which I wasn't, but they didn't give us a real final, and then they didn't give us a real universal title oh, match. Not only did they not give us a real and then final, AJ they stuck and Joe a finger in our was a, eye with Shane. They were like, here's a double middle finger for you. Yeah, and then AJ and Joe was a, a BS rematch that we knew they just threw in there. So the final four matches of the show were worthless and terrible. I mean, Brock and Braun gave us three minutes and 15 seconds. It was a hot 315, whether you, you liked it or not. It was it was action, but how in the damn hell do they go 20? How, like... Big, how like how big is your is your balls to do that? Like we know, like we we rightfully glowingly praise the crap out of Trips NXT Patriarch. Still got it in the ring. Seems to be the voice of reason in the company. Seems to have a handle on creative at a time when they got to take the steering wheel away from Vince. This shows still an absolute egomaniac who probably thought, let me carry well, the whole damn card on my shoulders and I'm going to fight through this injury because that's what the old school guys do. No, Trips, you should have tapped out. You should have tapped out. And look, we got his thoughts after we get we texted him, got it straight to his thoughts about why the hell would you try this? If this whole thing doesn't bother Katie Vick, then really, 
Who are we to judge? Oh, come on. How dare you? It bothered everybody. Yeah, and it, you know what? It probably also bothered Katie Vicks. I think they had to dig up her body to get all the illegal oil money out, out from underneath the sand to, to, to pay off this event. You, well, I'm pointing the damn finger at Triple H, all right? Well, let's not also forget, this is the match that was promoted as the main event. So they're not going to go into the show and then not run it in the main event. I know we've seen Brock main events that last a minute. We've seen, you know, five minutes. Like what I'm saying is. Oh, I'm, it did not have to be long, but I think we've already kind of gone through that. Like it, it was insane to have a match where the four competitors are a combined age of 200 go 30 minutes. Did you see Undertaker it's try insane. to do old school Undertaker, vintage Undertaker? Did you climb the ropes? Like, did you see how bad that was? How slow it was? Like the guy's Patrick Ewing in a supersonic jersey. Can we get him off of our main events? And again, in a spot where he's essentially carrying the match. Okay, so Taker's legacy in my mind took another hit. Kane was fine. Oh, yeah. Tri- yeah. I'm sorry, Triple H. I don't. I don't really want to see you anymore. This you took a big hit in my eyes. You don't get credit for being brave. This was bad. But the guy who took the worst hit, Adam. A hundred percent it's Shawn Michaels, a guy who should have protected his own legacy, shouldn't have come back in this situation. We talked about it in previous weeks to bastardize his his idea of respecting his own retirement and to do it in this circumstance and then to do it as a bald bastard. Shawn, you (laughs) bastard, you bald bastard. How could you come back and bastardize your career in this setting and then hit? Moonsault's face first onto the floor. Stop it. Ricky Steamboat at 53 against Jericho is better than you, all right? I love you, HBK. You're my guy in the Sean Brett thing. But, bro, that's bad. That was really, 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 really bad. Yeah, it was bad. The issue is when someone retires, you have an image of them, right, the last time you saw them, like Ric Flair. You know, I remember the last time I saw him in the WWE ring. Shawn Michaels, I remember the last time I saw him. It was... One of the best matches of his entire career. And then we come back, and eight years later, this is what we get. And it's just, it was depressing. It was, I wanted to remember Shawn Michaels as the Shawn Michaels who retired. And now my last image of Shawn Michaels in a ring is this. And it's, it's bad. Yeah, this was my reaction. I know that over uh, the last several months, I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. No, Sean, I lost my style. You lost your cool factor because, as Metallica taught us in the early 90s, friends don't let friends get haircuts. What is he doing? Why the hell would he shave it bald and then wear, like, a uh, – is this, like, a, a, a half bandana that he wears to, I like, think, try to – I think that holds I think that holds a cowboy hat on someone's head. Oh, it's – oh, my God. So, yeah, um, I got about 100 of these DMs. <laughs> It is John Cena. And by the way, again, shout out to John Cena for not going. I know it was for all these own vanity reasons, but shout out to John Cena. Well, not vanity, PR. And and good for him and and good for Daniel Bryan for not going, not for PR reasons, just taking a stand. This sums it up. I got about 15 of these, but I'm going to read one from 80s Baby at Got to BG. He says, BC, can you think of a show in wrestling history? Not just WWE history that had this much bad press going in from outside media and just as bad, if not worse, press coming out from the fan base as a whole. I thought he nailed that perfectly. Hey, 80s baby, no, bro. I cannot remotely remember a a card that was this derided coming in for the reasons around it and then failed this miserably to entertain. Like, there's levels of troll booking in here. There's just bad quality of content. 
Like, this wasn't... Remember that Roman Reigns-Samoa Joe main event from this calendar year that got booed and... You know what I mean? Like, we're like, yeah. it's a non-title match. It shouldn't be in the main event. That's 50 to 1,000 times better than what we saw. 80s baby nailed it. I'm sure you got the same tweets and DMs. Uh, this is a... this a, Adam, whereas... The coming into Saudi, it was a low moment, I think, in company history, you want, if you can argue it. Katie Vick's another low moment where you're like, man, do I really even want my name associated with their name anymore? And I, maybe that's a blowhard thing. We'll get over it. But It is. But the come out from a fan point of view, like, how, how do you justify well, that? How thing, do you Vic take me off the ledge? Talk me off the ledge, Adam. Why should I keep watching? Well, I mean, look, we, we certainly saw things get better Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, dra- Tuesday drastically. Bro. Tuesday. No, but both, even the second Don't, half on Monday, it was how okay. How dare you? But, Brian, the truth is they had so much wind in their sails coming out of Evolution. And you're like, wow, WWE is still capable of putting on something like that. And then, yes, we already knew the negative press was going in. I, I disagree with the statement that it was worse coming out because any press about what happened in the ring is irrelevant. Well, the press right. of the- not as bad, not comparable to the press of political tensions and money. That's what I'm saying. But how it's about close. For, how, how about from okay? And, the, and a lot of that complaining, by the way, is from non-hardcore fans, right? It's from the general. Correct. Okay, Correct. let's just talk about from fans. I think we have a right to actually be more disgusted and angry coming out than going in. I, I mean, I, I don't. I have no. I have no interest in comparing the two. I'll simply just say. It was really bad, and uh, you know I think we're almost droning on about it without yeah, explaining. Yeah, let's drone. Let's keep droning. But, let's... but without explaining why it was so bad, we're only talking about this main event. And granted, it sucked, and we laid out why, and we've re- repeated ourselves ad nauseum here. I want to talk about the other things that sucked on this show because other stuff sucked. You know what sucked? Brock Lesnar's the un- new Universal Champion, and he didn't just win the title by beating Braun Strowman again with a single F five, which would have been really bad. He won it because Baron Corbin knocked Braun over the head with the title, and then Braun, uh, Brock Lesnar needed like five F5s to get him pinned. What's the point of this? I didn't think you it sucked. You tell me. All right, here we go. Let's, let's break it down. Was it, the, was it the right choice for me as a fan? No. Did I think it sucked? No. It was the right choice ultimately financially for Vince McMahon. Ramon Reigns is down, and we can't look past that. And also, simultaneously, we get we have to uh, say that Dave Meltzer, who also writes for MMA Fighting, just put out a story at MMA Fighting that says, hey, hold your horses on the idea of a Daniel Cormier-Brock Lesnar UFC match next year because Brock signed a secret new deal with Vince in light of Roman being pulled for leukemia. So that's in play now, and that affects this whole thing. And his report, and his report is that it would allow for a UFC fight technically, but that it also has booking plans for Brock through WrestleMania 35 in New York. So even without, and that's a huge report, and even without that report, I think you got the decision here. The decision here was, we talked about in the weeks building up, it has to be Braun going over, because if not, then you've wasted this guy. You've had him on pause for eight months. You built him to such a high level, kind of organically, by playing up his strengths, by having these car wreck moments over and over, and then you just put him on ice. Well, this shows you, Time to panic. Vince is going to make sure he has a headliner. He's going to make sure he's not going to gamble on Braun. He's not going to gamble on Seth. He knows that Brock delivers. He's going back to the well on Brock. Although the Dave Meltzer report does hedge against... Oh, hedge. Wow. Wow. This guy, Meltzer hedging, Silver King hedging. Are we, we connecting the dots here? Or is that, that's, just, that's, a, that's a low blow. But we'll just move on. Um, Why is that a low blow? He's the most uh, important wrestling journalist of all time. You love that guy. Go ahead. Man, you love yeah. that guy. You love that guy. Uh, I respect. I respect him. Yes. 
Go ahead. Hedging against the idea that this was done more, which was a take I was ready to give you coming out of here, that putting the title on Brock had more to do with his upcoming UFC match than anything. Let's put it all into context. This past weekend, I was at UFC 230 in New York. Daniel Cormier defeated Derek Lewis, calls out Brock afterwards. The day before that, there was a press conference. I raised my hand to Dana White. It was a, John, it was a UFC 232 John Jones press conference. I say, hey, earlier this morning, Brock won the title in Saudi Arabia. I know you don't care. And guess what happened next, Adam? The crowd booed the ever-loving crap out of me. The now, MMA I was crowd... told, now, I was told the booing was for Brock, not you. Really? The booing in the theater, not, not that I'm puffing myself up, but it could have been anyone who Brandon, asked that question. Our, our, one of our editors here, our combat sports editor, Brandon Wise, said to me that the booing was the mention of Brock. See, I thought Not the you asking was, the question. Was MMA fans going, is this guy going to ask the WWE question? Either way, crowd booing like crazy. I say, Dana, can Brock wear the WWE title into the cage against Cormier if he wins? Dana's response was, I don't care. He can wear any, any belt he wants, but I right. don't think Vince McMahon will allow it. I think we all know, hey, Dana, Vince McMahon would not only allow it, he would give yes. his kidney for it, okay? So I thought putting the belt on him had more to do with that because is there a, a platform that would be a better infomercial for WWE and the potential, by the way, of Brock pulling an upset, which is not likely, but if it happened, of walking in on a pay-per-view that would probably sell $1.7 and have your championship belt title right there. That would be massive. This so Meltzer I, I, thing kind of goes against that, though. I was definitely surprised at Dana's answer, but I also don't believe it because I don't believe a word Dana White says about anything. If they set that fight and Brock's like, I want to bring the universal title into the octagon and Vince is okay with it, which we know he would be, Dana will say, no effing no way. way, dude, because Dana is in full sellout mode now. They're selling their souls now. The, the McGregor-Mayweather fight ushered in a new era for UFC with new owners. They are in full-on sell-their-soul mode they don't care, and guess what? I still think Dana owes Vince. I'm telling you, I don't have inside info on this. I'm telling you what my heart's telling me. When Brock was allowed to fight at UFC 200 a month before SummerSlam, major gamble, major gamble to the booking plans of WWE. I still feel like Dana would go, all right, I don't care, go ahead. And then it was I, funny, though. Did you like look, Daniel Cormier saying that when we do fight, not only should the UFC heavyweight title be on the line, but the WWE one? And we know that Daniel is in talks to become a SmackDown announcer or talking head for Fox in late 2019 when they go live. That was kind of interesting because I, I don't have the time to read them, but we got fans who were de coming at us with booking scenarios of Cormier Dude, I, beating Brock and then coming back at SummerSlam to defend the title or something like that. I, I don't know what switch flipped for me, but I went from really not liking Daniel Cormier to loving Daniel Cormier over the last nine-ish months. Great. This, he's entertaining. He uh, has really good perspective on the business, both MMA and WWE, and he just knows how to get the pot stirred a little bit. And he doesn't do it like McGregor. He does it in his own almost a professional yeah. type of, of way. And I, I really, flaw. really like it. He wears sweatpants like almost up to his nipples. That's his it's only weird. It, he looks he looks like a, almost like Steve Urkel was an MMA fighter. Yes, a little bit. yes. So it's a little where, where do you fit in light of the Meltzer report, which makes sense, by the way. It makes sense that Vince would panic and go, okay, look, I don't know if I can trust that Strowman's going to get us over on this level. Money talks. Brock brings in money. Hey, Brock, we got a he lot does, of Saudi what, money. What proof is there? What proof is there that Brock brings in money for WWE? Ticket sales. And, and, uh, 
pay, uh, subscription uh, bumps when he's in it, the main event. I'm sure there's a lot. Is of it, it okay? Well, I, I need to know that. I need to know the analytics behind that because honestly, BC, every time they push Brock Lesnar and put the title on him or put him in a position like this, they're doing it at the detriment of building other stars. True. Now, I, I think now it's short I said, term though. It's short term for money. It's it's more people but, are but, gonna you're gonna Brian, get it's more. Not, Brian, Brian, it's not short term. It's been three years. It's been stretched because he's not trusting and giving others a chance, but he was ready to give Roman a chance and let Brock go. It just, this just sort of happened with the leukemia. I get it. He, okay, he was, he was ready. He was willing to give Reigns a chance and let Brock go six months after he should have. Look, here's the thing. If Vince let Roman or anyone else or Braun Strowman become the next Rock in Austin, you wouldn't need to do this. But because of the way their setup is that Triple H is in the damn main event every week, it, it's... Brock is going to bring more crossover fans into WWE every time he competes than any Rollins or Reigns. Okay, we know that. But, even if, but even if he does, and this goes to say what I said before this match when we did our preview and what I've said the last couple of weeks, in, in, for two reasons, both because WWE failed him and because he's not capable. Braun Strowman is not the guy for WWE. He doesn't have the entire package. He's big, he's strong, Vince probably loves his look, but he's way more of a big show who might be given a secondary title. You think he's or, a sexy you know, big show, don't you? In, in the end, top heavy he, sexy He big is show. because he, he he goes back and forth face to heel just like Big Show did. He has the same body type. He's the same destructive force. You can slide him into any situation where you need a really big win. Um, and they refuse to put him over in any major way. The difference is that he's a homegrown talent who they could have – put some momentum behind coming out of that feud with Reigns when he was red hot. That was the opportunity to either put the title on him or just put him over someone in a really big way and then eventually put the title on him. But they've completely got gone away from that. I've said this many times. They've turned him into a cartoon character, and now he's not someone who should legitimately hold the universal title because they can't trust him with it. He can't cut a good promo because they haven't given him an opportunity, and he's not good enough in the ring. All right, but the theme to everything you said, though, the, the underlying backbone is that they've never tried, though, and that's really the problem, and this would have been the perfect timing. Ultimately, we know what Vince thinks about money. He just say he just soiled his own soul for Saudi Arabia, so it's not surprising that he would not take a chance. But you got to admit, Adam, the only way you're going to find out is by going for it. The only like, would I have ever, 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 ever in my 1990 soul if you told me, hey, this tag team guy Bret Hart is going to win the IC belt and then become the face of the company for like four years and win the championship and beat Yokozuna. I would be like, what are you kidding me? I wouldn't have foreseen a steroid trial and a change in the game that would allow mid-sized guys. But my point is, you never could have had that without trying. I know they had to try it then, but you got to give Braun Strowman a chance. They're not doing it. That's fine. Do you think Brock Lesnar would still take a UFC fight even under this new circumstance? Because I think 100% because it's, it's an infomercial, and it doesn't matter if the WWE champion loses in the octagon. I think it's worth taking the gamble that your WWE champion could actually be the baddest man on the planet. I think he would take one. He certainly looks great. He's definitely been training. The question is... Could he pass the necessary tests? And would he would UFC give him John Jones or Daniel Cormier for that fight? Or would they ask him to fight someone else? Like oh, they give they give him the title shot. They already they have already announced that. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, like, given the situation. But look, ultimately, and I didn't get to say this earlier, I don't mind totally that they put the title on Lesnar. I mind that they did it in the way they did. 
because it store from a storyline perspective, even when you fast forward to Raw, they didn't explain Corbin's motivation yes. for doing it at all. You have to have a motivation to do something like that. Right. So there was no there was no motivation. I would have rather had someone else cost Brock it and start a one-on-one feud with that person than go that direction. I wouldn't have mind a Brock Braun feud. We never actually got one. We got little little snippets. I would I would take a Brock Braun feud. Right. right I, now. I would have rather Heyman hired someone to do that. Braun takes that guy out, and then Braun feuds with Lesnar. And if there's if you're telling me, well, that's going to be Corbin, I have zero interest in Corbin Braun. And I don't think for a second that Corbin could ever beat Braun. No. So what does that mean? They've given no justification for it. What I did find very interesting, BC, is Monday night on Raw, we had Seth Rollins pulling the Roman Reigns lines leading into WrestleMania, calling Brock out for beat. He's like, he's going to be an absent champion again. The title's not going to be on Raw anymore. He did the entire gamut of Roman Reigns lingo, which makes me think they might be putting... Seth Rollins in the position to win the title from Brock at WrestleMania okay. 35. Uh, that's that that's well done that you saw that and that would be very interesting that would please so many masters. Like that would make everyone happy. And it'd be a great use of Brock to get Seth over to that level and you'd flash back to their I mean you got the storyline hook WrestleMania you 31. Do. I mean that's that's beautiful. What but what wasn't beautiful is what you said. No storyline reason for Corbin to have done that. No justification. He only did that to to protect Braun Strowman. But you already didn't protect Braun Strowman when you let Brock beat him clean last September in a pay-per-view main event. So that part's all kinds of frustrating, but in the end I'm sorry, I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I think it still matters when he's on my screen. I think if he's going to be there, unless he's in a blood feud with somebody that's separate, like when he was feuding Undertaker, I still think he needs to be in the title picture, if not wearing the title. See, I I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I don't hate Brock Lesnar, but I hate him as champion. And it's not for the reasons that WWE told us to hate him. I felt that way, but obviously I'm I'm not getting worked by them. I felt that way for the year prior. It You can't have... A main roster champion, your your heavyweight champion, not appearing on television. Now, you can say to me, well, he's already going to be fighting at Survivor Series. Cool. But then we have TLC in December. We have Royal Rumble in January. And then between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, you have the other events and, and you know, Elimination Chamber, whatever. I don't even know if that is one of them. Yeah, I think it is. Elimination Chamber. And maybe there's another one. Um, and it's like, is he going to show up at those? And so, more importantly than that, is he going to show up at any Raws? So you're right in theory of, man, do we have to go through this again where the title is off the it show? Sucks. But you know what? I've come around on that. What I don't uh, like is that WWE tries, which they did ahead of that with during that last Reigns feud, of trying to get us to not like him. I don't really like that. that was they succeeded. They, they succeeded. succeeded. But ultimately, look, I do miss a time when the WWF championship was by far the biggest thing you can win, did not get traded every other month. And when Hulk Hogan had it and lost it, it was monumental in the fact that you didn't get to see Hulk Hogan compete on weekly TV. You only got to see him quarterly for the most part, although he was obviously headlining every house show possible or Saturday night's main event. But when it was time for him to fight, it mattered. There is still an element of that with Brock that when he has it, they don't bastardize the title. They bastardize the lack of the title being there, but they don't make that title feel cheap. They make it matter. So they that, just did. So they that, just did. 
Brian, yeah. they just did. Yes, they 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 screwed. They they did to get it back on. This yes. this title this title is cursed. They need to no. get rid of it. Oh, stop, Brian. Brian, think about what's happened with this title. It's Finn Balor out for a year. Okay, You're, are you blaming the cancer on no, the title? I'm not. No, how dare I'm you? Saying, but I'm saying every every decision they make with it is a cursed decision. Lesnar holding it yes, for as long as he bad did. Terrible. Giving but, Reigns had a very short reign, obviously for real life reasons. But he didn't even get to have a championship reign with it. Now it's back on Brock again. This title sucks. And when you say like it used to matter when they, this isn't the title they held that used to matter. AJ Styles has that title, yeah, but and he's held point, it for a year. And they bastardized titles so bad that at this point it doesn't matter. I'm saying Brock is kind of making this title to me matter again because. We know he's not going to randomly have a title defense that makes no sense just to fill a main event slot on TV. So in that in that setting, I don't hate that. It matters to me when he's going to be against AJ at some at Survivor Series. I know it's not a title match, but I'm saying it's the idea of like Brock coming back with the belt in a really important match that we're not just going to see repeated every other week. He is able to still make that matter, so I don't hate this. But if you give me Brock. Every pay-per-view, every pay-per-view in a title match, and you give me him at least one Raw of the four leading up to it, I'm a little bit coming around on it. But he needs to do things on the Raws, just like we talked about in the lead-up to, uh, to WrestleMania. I was like, Brian, he shows up on Raw in the first segment he leaves, right? What they started doing on the way to WrestleMania, they had him there throughout the entire show. They had him do things, get in fights, reading the magazine backstage. That was funny. That may have been after Mania. I don't even remember. But my point is when they start doing those things, he he spoke on the mic a couple times. If you start getting Brock involved again, I'm okay with it. But you can't have him be this absent champion and absent personality on the show. Yeah. That's the huge Vince issue. Vince has got to get see. control of his boy. Uh, whatever this new deal is, Vince has got to be like, look. And by, and by the way, sorry, go ahead. No, you know what I'm going to say. Look, dude, we need you more. We, you got to be there for me, blah, blah, blah. But after a long season of trying to talk about how we don't want Brock on our screen anymore, I don't want to sound like Paul Heyman, but I'm back on the whole, like, once a generational guy, when he's gone, we're going to miss him. I am in full understanding and appreciation. Yes, but of let that. us, but let us miss him. No, it's like, it's like Dolph Ziggler told us. He kept asking out of that company, give me three months off. I want to go away and come back and get hotter. We can't get away from Brock. The longest we, we had always is like get a away month. from Brock. Even when he's here, he's not here. So what I'm saying, they're actually doing it right with Brock. No, they're not. They, that is a horrible take. No, it no is. It's not. They make it, they're still making him feel special. He does feel special, but that's all he feels. He's not present. In, but we are in an era where we get too much of a good thing. We get the same damn match over and over and over again, and you know this. I'm going to give you a prediction. AJ Styles beats Brock Lesnar. Okay, but it, but it, but in theory, it doesn't matter. I think that matters massively. No, it's 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 oh a my non-title God. It match. Does. It's fi- it, Brock beat him last time. Look, I want to see Brock's the crap been out of Brock's this. been beaten clean once in like three years. It's huge. I don't I think, think it him. says what you think it's saying if it happens. I do. I totally do. I think AJ holding that title for as long as he is says enough. I don't. I think I think it's been a very lackluster title reign. And I think this gives it a boost. And that's why I think he wins. See, I thought you were talking more about Vince's favorites. That if AJ oh, wins no, here, no, not at all. then it shows you that Vince is ready to completely No, I think, it, I think it boosts back up the WWE title in a, in a way of prominence. I think it makes AJ's reign mean something, which to this point, it's nice that he's had it for a year. But it really hasn't meant anything. And it's almost surprising that I think his reign would have meant more if he dropped the title to Joe and won it back. The fact that 
he just beats everyone and it's never a main event match. It's always three yeah. matches before the final or in the middle of the show. I think him beating Brock Lesnar reestablishes the WWE title. If but they it, do it. you're right, it's made the WWE title look like the IC belt of old. Correct. But again, that still puts prominence on the red belt that you want to get rid of. And the belt still matters. But why uh, does it put prominence on it? It, it re puts the prominence on the WWE because that champion would have beaten the universal champion. Well, that champion is never the main event. So there's no, there's no, uh, maybe he will be now that that's what I'm saying. It, it gives it, some juice. All right, real it, quick, it, it, in needs. Vince's power rankings of personal trust and love and value to the company, it's Reigns 1, yes. Lesnar 2, real close, real close, right? Very close. And then is it... Charlotte. I was going to say, I was going to put Charlotte 4. I was going to try to sneak Rollins in 3, but pro- you're probably right. Charlotte. Oh, no. Rollins isn't top 5 for them. Charlotte... No, he loves Rollins. Dude, he gave Rollins Sh- the keys to the car in 2015. He was like, go. Charlotte, Ronda Rousey's up there. Yes. They're the top 4. Yeah. Absolutely. He's come around on Joe. I like that. I think that's Triple H influence, though, but I like that. I, I mean, they've come know... around on him, but he hasn't won anything. Wouldn't you love to? I, obviously, losing. we don't get enough. No one gets enough FaceTime with Vince, so so the answer to this is yes. We would all love more Vince, but wouldn't you love to be in the room and know exactly what he thinks? Like, Does he think AJ is still some indie guy from TNA? Probably, right? Probably, yeah. Even though he sells a ton of merch, apparently, right? So he does a good job. And like Finn is selling merch left and right. They keep making new shirts for Finn. The crowd loves him. They still cheer him every single Raw, and he's just stuck in this Lashley-Bailey thing. Am I wrong to say that AJ, even though I, I, I just bought my first AJ merch, in fact, the box just came after those four bears were out there, I think that's my AJ merch, because I know everyone out there was, was present for that 3 and $4 t- t-shirt sale the past week on the WWE shop. I would say consistently, AJ has the best merch in WWE over the last three, four years. I think he has the worst merch in WWE. Get out! I'd wear every single every item. Shirt. Every single item uses that P1 logo, which I think is which the is ugliest thing in no, the entire dude. world. He's got the best colors in blue and then in red. And there's so many WWE merch that I would never ever wear, even if performers that I, that I really like that I would never wear. And mind you, I'm a 40 year old guy with two drawers in that dresser back there full of uh, WWE t-shirts. But uh, consistently, AJ's AJ's pretty dominant. I think Balor has the best merch. Rollins is close. I think AJ's is ugly. Wow, that's that's bad take. Bad take. No, it's a it's wow. a correct take. The logo sucks. Um, there's a little bit more to talk about Crown Jewel. Then let's get the hell out of Crown Jewel. The WWE World Cup. We got to the finals. It was weird. Miz versus Dolph. I will say, BC, I got worked with the Miz injury. I was on. I was online. I was chatting. We were doing the recap because you weren't there. You know, terrible that I had to actually do that on my Friday, which is my day off. But I did. I was like. Wow, Miz actually got hurt. This is a disaster. As as if this could not get any worse. Miz just got hurt. And then obviously got worked there. Shane comes in, gets into the match, wins the World Cup. They try to play it off as a heel turn. It seemed on Monday they were going to continue that way. He got booed by the Raw crowd. And then on SmackDown, he comes out. Paige puts him over. He says, obviously, I'm not the best in the world. Completely just shakes it off and gets cheered again. Because he did that. What the hell was that? Yeah, because he did that, it led you to believe the whole idea of they were worried about, because it's Saudi, somebody winning this and being in the picture with the trophy and representing it. Like, I don't know if you believe that and you go that far, but it kind of... Meltzer reports this was always the plan. Then if that was always the plan, that's really bad. Like you, Okay, storyline, it actually makes sense storyline in a way, because it sets up... The need for us to believe that red versus blue at Survivor Series matters. And it doesn't matter all year. And then ahead of Survivor Series, the only time all year 
when the ultimate thrill ride is still your last ride. Did I get that wrong? Did I get that catch? That sounds right to me. Okay. Um, in in the end, it's lame though. That's the problem because look, there's almost everything to hate about this card except for this, that Rollin Ziggler match. That was part of this, right? Yeah. Yes. That semifinal match, that 13 minutes, was damn good. Was really, really good. Had little tiny hints of Savage Steamboat. Good. It was so good. It was a little preview of what a real Ziggler-Rollins feud could have looked like if they didn't WWEify it and if the crowd in that one match didn't ruin it. Right? In theory, okay? That match was so damn good that at that point in the show... I was starting to question why people were hating the show that badly because everything before it was just sort of unoffensive, right? It was just sort of like, all right, Mysterio Orton, Ms. Hardy, Rollins, Lashley, Ziggler, Angle. It's okay. It was like raw matches. It was fine. But this moment, I was on a high. Like, you know what? I might have to pull in Nick Costos and be like, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked this show. Obviously, well, that, that was a there. good match. And Ziggler, Angle was almost a feel spot match. I've wanted to see that for so long. It didn't really deliver, you know, like I thought it would. But those two matches, yeah. I mean, there were – there's always positives to draw. But when you think about like that match was very good, but it was like a three-and-a-half, 3.75-star match maybe, right? Rollins, uh, Rollins-Ziggler. That's not enough to give this show know. any relevance. I'll give relevance. it a four. All right. I'll give it a four. We can't linger on here. But the point was saying. to go to Shane. Like yeah. it came off as so tone deaf. Even though, again, I just justified it in in a way storyline wise. It came across as like you friggin' McMahons. What are you doing? And the way that he acted with the trophy that was almost Eugene-like. I don't even know if we can make those comparisons these days. It's, it's so non-PC. He was His acting character. like Eugene. Yeah. It was ridiculous. He was acting like a blubbering idiot. I hated everything. I hated his black wife beard that he was wearing. I hated the tweet he put out after that. Your guy Meltzer rightfully derided him for praising his wife on some thing she did about some slain journalist. And he tweeted it from Saudi Arabia when the company shouldn't have been there because of a different slain journalist. What is going on? You, if I thought nothing could be a lower moment than what we saw in that main event. I really think Shane winning it here was close. I get it. Oh, people I were don't. mad at Brock. I was not unhappy with the Brock thing. I'm fine. I get why people were like, Brock again. I get it. But the Shane thing was bad. That was well, it's, it, the it's whole best. In the, it made that whole best in the world thing, which was already bad, just look like egg all over the screen, just dripping down. Like, Well, th- that's the thing. It was like, okay, this tournament doesn't make any sense. But okay, at least they're giving us a tournament. And it's called the World Cup, but everyone's from America. But at least they're big names, and this might be pretty cool. Okay, like I'm going to buy in and watch this tournament, right? And then they do it, and you get this weird heel versus heel final. And you're like, okay, I'm curious what they're going to do here with the Miz and Dolph Ziggler. And then they do that. Uh, And it's it's just a depressing, like, if that was really the plan the entire time, how bad is your booking? It really, 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 really bad. If it was an if it was an adjustment to John Cena dipping out and maybe he was going to win, then okay, right, that's a they fair had, argument. If that they was had to the do case. something, but the report from Meltzer is that that was always the plan. Then that was their idea of saying they probably weren't caring about protecting a superstar from being photographed with the trophy in Saudi. That was more like, well, the fans love Shane, they do. So like, whatever. You know and what? when it's a heel versus heel final. And Shane, the face, inserts himself and then wins it. Maybe there's something there. But again, we're trying to justify something that well, is plain, 
plainly bad booking. And to and see Ziggler have to take that fall on top of it, like, come on. Ziggler just looked like a million dollars against Rollins. Like, he looked like everything I would want. And I still was holding out hope that maybe he'd just win. And that would be like a, like almost like putting the title back on him, being like, look, he's the best in the world. Take that, Jericho. Take that, right. Punk. He's the right. real best in the world. That would have been a nice push for him. For, it would have meant nothing. It would have meant less than the trophy that Bad News Brown won at WrestleMania 4 that Bret Hart broke. It would have meant less than that damn green belt that your guy Braun Strowman's wearing. And yes, you even you can call that a belt. But what well, are, that one is a belt because it's not a title. Yeah. What the hell? Like, what? No, it was bad. But you know what? On that note, because I was going to br- branch off and talk about this anyway. So Dolph lost that match. And then he comes back on Raw against newly faced Elias. And it was a long match. And Elias is not very good in the ring. But he loses that match. So is Dolph Ziggler being worked out of WWE to take his break that he wants? He is in the Survivor Series match. In theory, I think they used him to get McIntyre over, and they did a great damn job. Successfully. Yeah. And they they got moments of a fun feud against Rollins, and it was part of this larger shield thing. He did well. He was a main he had a main event run again, and you know what? He did well. And now, yeah, it looks like it looks like he's getting pushed out. Yeah, it's either pushed out of storyline success, or maybe he gets the break that he told us when we interviewed him a couple weeks ago that he has begged WWE for such a long time to give him an actual break. But it seems to me like he's the one who's now being phased out of that. Whereas Drew McIntyre, BC, Monday night on Raw, there is a lot of mixed opinion about what happened in that main event and throughout the entire show. I'm going to start here. I freaking loved it. Raw suck, dude. Raw was really bad. I'm talking about the main event. All right. What was the main event again? Drew McIntyre. Kurt Angle. Taunts yeah, him for right. a good amount of time and then taps him out with the ankle lock submission. I won't, I won't be a hater here. Angle stepped up. Angle stepped up. And uh, that was obviously designed to put over Drew Big. Yeah, it worked. It worked. That That was the best part of Raw, that main event match. I caught a little feels there, even though my overall taste was still really bad from another tape-delayed European mail-in job. Thank you, Tuesday Night, for reversing that curse. But yes, Monday, was that your way of feeling like WWE was telling you he's next? Yeah. I, I thought they made him a massive star because Kurt Angle gets roundly cheered wherever he goes. He was extremely over in the United Kingdom. They had his back the entire match. So they not only gave him heel heat, by having him taunt Angle and do everything he did, they then made you think that Angle was going to get up over on him only for McIntyre to come back over Angle and not just pin him and hit him with the Claymore, but tap him out with his own submission. Yeah, that's Kurt Angle. That's Kurt Angle putting over a young talent, so good for Kurt. That's good writing and storytelling by WWE. And McIntyre looked incredible. The entire segment, so good for McIntyre. Nick would I tell thought me. that's one of the best things they've done in a long time, in my opinion. Take the L and admit you're wrong. I was wrong, Nick. I I I, I skimmed through. I didn't watch that live. I fast forward a lot of that. Oh, a lot of that. And, and uh, I, I'll take the L there. There there was some good stuff going on in that. People event. people criticized it though. I mean, look, Jack, one of our other editors here. He did the raw recap this week because you had the UFC. You were still recovering from. A train ride, I guess. I don't no, know. Jack uh, needed the night off. Let's be honest. Let's, if we're going to say it, if we're going to reverse, throw the fourth wall, I was ready for Monday night. Put me in coach. I'm ready. Okay, to fi- fair enough. Uh, but what was I going to say? Uh, he gave it a D, the segment. So not just him. 
people tweeted at me. What the hell was that? Well, the okay. I'm, here's I'm why shocked. it got, it got here's it. why it got a D because the episode sucked. That's why it got a D. And, and he gave that, that segment a D, not the but, episode. Well, I think it's tied into the idea that coming out of Saudi Arabia, you want something that reverses that taste out of your mouth and that spins it forward to Survivor Series, like Tuesday did an incredible job of doing, and gets you on a new thought wave and trend of thinking. And Adam, that show was a mail-in, and when they announced that main event, it meant nothing. It essentially was like, really? That means this show is worthless. And even though there were elements of that that I liked, I would support if someone exited that show angry, because I still exited that show kind of angry, like, wow, that was three hours of nothing. That was nothing. You got nothing from me, WWE. That was a really good moment at the end. I I truly, truly enjoyed it. All right, well, then let's talk about what really was great this week, and that was SmackDown Live. You want to talk about what I just said Raw didn't do. Get you out of Friday. Get rid of Rydia. Get out of there and put you on track to the future. Tuesday's two hours were freaking gold. And maybe there was never a moment that like reached, except for Becky Lynch, that reached like A++++ levels. It consistently flowed at a plane of like B plus A minus in every match, in every segment. And it made me care so much about the idea of who's going to be on this damn Survivor Series team. Brilliant. The foundational work of Miz and Brian and all that, which we'll get to in a second. Becky Lynch is the greatest thing known to man. And she is the man. And it's, we have the same talk and give the same analysis every week, Adam. All right? We can bury the hedge debate, bury the, all the things that happened to get here. Her turning heel, there's no ceiling. It's, it's not only is she, without any hyperbole, the best thing going in WWE at the moment that every time I see her on the screen or she delivers something, it's like, yes, it's all of that. And then it gets better that I think she might be in this evolution revolution era where women's wrestling is presented as not the bell is talking about like ridiculous crap. Like I wish you died. Like that or the L on the forehead or Nikki Lee or the brown panties before that. Since women's wrestling started being presented as wrestling again, she's doing the best work on the mic of any woman I've ever seen. True or false? Uh, True. You said she's the best thing going in WWE. She's the best thing going in all of wrestling. And I dare you to tell me otherwise. You may not think she's the best wrestler, but no one is doing as consistent work as she is on a night-by-night, moment-by-moment, segment-by-segment, tweet-by-tweet basis. Every single thing she does has been gold. Zero slip-ups. I don't know if WWE and Road Dog are doing great scripting for her, if they're truly letting her be herself, if they're just giving her bullet points that she needs to hit. I don't know. But that siren is like a tenth of the way I feel when I see her on screen. They had the they had the graphic come up of up next, Becky Lynch addresses Ronda Rousey. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for this moment right now. Because not only do I love Becky Lynch, you know I love Ronda Rousey. Oh, they let's, they may wanna... be my two, they may be my two favorite things in WWE right now. And they are going head to head at Survivor Series BC. Oh, and I can't wait. damn them. Damn them if it doesn't mean right. that. I want to. I want to. Pa- I wanted to pause first because Becky's promo this week, which was a plus plus, was a reaction 
to what Ronda said on Monday night. And I want to get your take as Ronda Superfan. Not Superfan. Do I have a chip inside of me like a lot of MMA journalists and fans do that where we're not Ronda haters, but we're more likely to turn on her because of things, how she acts sometimes in real life. Maybe. Maybe that's a default thing I'll say ahead of time. But I thought that promo was cringeworthy on Monday night. I get what they were trying to get across. But like, I'm the baddest bitch on the planet and slamming the mic. It just felt, it felt really cheesy and forced. So this is what it is. It's the exact, it was the exact same feeling as the go home promo for her for evolution. The first half of it was language. I said this at the time. They, first of all, let me, before I get to this, they overly script her. They should just let her go out and talk, give her four bullet points. She has to hit, let her cut her own promo. That's it. She's capable. She's in a, Whereas Becky feels like she almost could be telling the truth. You're right. Rhonda feels like she's memorized a script. So this is the issue. The first half of that promo, the go-home evolution promo, and the first half of the promo Monday night used words and phraseology that she never would have used in a million years. She doesn't speak that way. So it sounds like she's reading a memorized script. The second half of both of those promos where she crapped all over the Bellas And when she crapped on Becky Lynch and called herself the baddest bitch on the planet, those are things she believes, okay? And even if she doesn't believe them, she at least had conviction when she was saying them, and they felt like they were natural coming from her. It was the exact same format as the prior promo. They have to stop scripting her. If I cut the promos in half, and you only got the last 45 seconds on Monday and the last, like, two minutes on that prior Monday for the go-home evolution, you would say – Wow, Ronda's one of the best promos in the business. Well, instead, instead, you're worried about this, not worried, but you're dealing with this D minus uh, soap opera writing where she's using these words yeah. and phrases, and I am repeating myself, but that she would never say so that not part of her vocabulary. The Bella's one, I'd say you're right, 100%. In fact, when I said that was an amazing promo, I got a million tweets saying, did you not watch the beginning? It was awful. I was like, no, she made up for it in the end. I didn't think she made up for it in the end this time. Even though the words they gave her at the end could have worked, I felt her delivery in saying them was just so cheesy. I, it, 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 maybe it's me. That's why I kind of wanted your take on yeah, that. Yeah, no, I don't think I, I don't think she's cheesy. I think it's their fault. And, and I and we've been saying this the entire time with her. What she's doing in the ring is great. She's getting better week by week. Good for her. Um, promo work wise, the fact that she was able to stand in the ring and deliver that with a loud loud voice the entire time, whereas like. in the lead up to WrestleMania and shortly after WrestleMania, she like kept like going away from the microphone like this and then coming back into it like this. It like, she at least has figured out some of these things. People forget again, she isn't trained to be a wrestler. She's learning on the job. Okay. It's as simple as that. But I, I understand there's reasons people don't like her, especially MMA journalists and MMA fans. She's getting better. They need to help her with the script. Whereas Becky, not only was that promo, Frickin' fire, BC. The final line, I'm going to make – you call yourself the baddest bitch on the planet. I'm going to make you mine. Are you kidding me? Oh Feel spot activated. So she's – I'm getting tweets of like she's the female rock. I'm getting tweets of like she's the female Austin. You sent me a promo that I want to play that was what, a WWE.com exclusive? They ran it backstage immediately after – uh, her promo in the ring. And yes, some of it is similar, but realize she just got out of the ring. So, so these are the thoughts in her head. Everyone's saying rock in my tweets, and I respect that because she's doing so good. This sounds more Austin than anything. Before I play it, I just want to say her addressing of her own 
like she she called out Rhonda for calling her out in the speech of making fun of her going to clown college, trying to become right. an actor, becoming a stewardess, stewardess, trying to find herself. I, again, I don't know if that was written for her or if there's a lot of her putting herself real into it. The way she handled that and spun yeah. it was brilliant and was very heavy baby faced, which would make sense on an Austin comparison that I think we're headed toward a double turn. By the way, it's not Austin and it's not Rock. Play the clip and I'll tell you exactly who it is. Last Monday we heard from Ronda Rousey and what she had to say about you. Just wondering to see if we could get a reaction from what it was that yeah. she said. Um, yeah, of course. So Ronda went out there and she wanted to belittle my path to getting here. And she talked about the, the odd jobs that I've had. And, and, and she, talked about, uh, she talked about how an alarm clock wake me up for school in the morning was that it or whatever and, and she talked about how her mom would wake her up with arm bars right training her to be the best in the world well <laughs> so so that's a little bit different from my path okay because my mom wasn't training me to be the best in the world i had to fight against my mother to be the best in the world because she didn't want me in this sport she didn't want me in this game so at 15 years old i had to leave home to go over to england and i wasn't being woken by alarm clocks i had a dog run over my head to wake me up on the gym mat that i was sleeping in in the wrestling school in kent in england right and then I had to travel the world. I had to leave home in order to be the best in the world. My mother was not helping me. She wasn't training me to be the best. And okay, yes, I stepped away for a few years. And I did everything else that I thought my mom wanted me to do. Or that society wanted me to do. But I saved every penny that I made so that I would be able to come back and do exactly what I'm doing right now, which is changing the game. And Rhonda goes out there and she talks about she's a natural born killer. All right. Well, Rhonda Rousey, your, your name got you to the main event of evolution. But my skill got me to match of the year at evolution. And talk about toughness. Talk about being a natural killer. Well, being, being born tough isn't nearly as long-lasting as being made tough. Dude, that's a lot of Austin in there in all the best ways. A lot of the talk about, you talk about, there's a lot of Austin. By the way, the thing I hated most about Rousey, I forgot to say it, she mentioned it. The natural born killer line. I hated, by the way, with Rousey. She wasn't putting people to sleep. Like, she's tapping people out, but, like, stop with that, okay? Head movement, head movement, Rhonda. We all saw what happens when you try to slug with people. Anyway, back to real life. That's Austin, Adam. That's No, not Austin, not Rock. Oh, Dada, that's an American dream. Dusty Rhodes promo, baby. That's I don't know. who that is. Well, in, I get the spirit of it, but it's almost using some of the exact terms as Austin. No. And, and my point is that but, but everyone wants to compare it to Steve Austin. It's the, it's well, you're saying, the you content talk about, you and talk the about. style. It's the mentality that she has to go through, that's Dusty Rhodes. It's almost a combination, honestly, of Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper more than it is a Steve Austin. It's certainly not The Rock. Let's it's, get that. It's the more Austin. Here. here, you can not hear Becky in this. Oh, here's the deal. Shut up. Here's the deal. Win, lose, or draw, right. I will always be on your ass. There's there's a little of the champ. There's no, a little of the man in there. The man it's, is it's, in it's, there. It's, it's the badass from Piper. It's the hard times from Dusty Rhodes. I mean – he is the guy who taught her how to cut promos. That's fair. I mean, that's, that's let's, fair. let's not be surprised there. That's fair. That's what that reminded me of. It reminded me of Hard Times Dusty Rhodes with an edge. It made me go back to find that match I always tell everybody about, the match that made me care about women's wrestling, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. 
the Sasha Banks title defense against Becky with that great storyline on the way in where Becky was turned heel for a little bit. And it's it's similar. I went back and watched those promos. It's similar. So my whole point here is her badassness is underwritten by this story of babyface overcoming that is leading me to believe, and maybe I'm giving WWE too much credit, we are headed toward a double turn with Ronda and Bex. And it will be so damn brilliant because Bex, I'm sorry, Ronda, a lot of her speech lately is very heel-like. And guess what? Ronda the person kind of a heel in a lot of ways. We know that they're building up Shayna and the other horse women. I'm telling you, Bex, all they, they, they can turn Bex's heel face back right away and we're all going to cheer the same way, okay? And she could still act like Austin badass, but they're going to turn Rousey heel at the end of this, have the team by her side, and build toward that Charlotte Ronda Mania match next year. Can I crush your, uh, your projection Do right it. now? Do it. Her uh, number one contender just turned heel. Who's that? Nia Jax. All right. Well, I mean, she could have this Nia Jax match before Survivor Series for all we know. I mean, whatever. no, she's not. No, Nia, Nia Jax is two weeks. Show. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to crush you, but I, all right, it's I coming. Do... I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Well, she should turn. I mean, Rousey should turn heel at some point. I mean, her natural character is a badass heel who will kick your ass. Not a swarmy heel. Not a chicken bleep heel, but a badass heel. That is who Rousey ultimately should be. I think they're doing a good job towing the line though of she's a face and then becomes a badass. You know, she's smiling and then you tick her off and it's over. I like that switch flip. It's almost a little ultimate warrior esque, but without all the pageantry and all the crap around it. Um, but that does bring in, I mean, you know, we talked them, we, we, we talked the SmackDown situation. Actually, we didn't fully talk the SmackDown situation. What do you think of the team they put together for the survivor series? I'll read it off to you. Daniel Bryan, The Miz, Rey Mysterio Jr., Shane McMahon, and Samoa Joe in the last spot. Love it. I loved everything about the creation of these teams, putting together matches that mattered, and in the end, ultimately, the choices. I even actually like, for all the crap we said about Shane, and all, and the fact that Shane's already forced his way into Survivor Series in the past and got himself damn near killed and had to be carried off, I still like it because... I guess I can be swayed on the idea of Shane versus Stephanie still mattering and like a sibling feud right. of their brands. Uh, I'm I'm into this. I'm into this a lot. The the playing off of each other of Miz and Brian when they first joined up, I cringed. I'm like, this is the hottest damn feud, and you're going to switch gears and make them friends. But when they started looking at each other and giving those like, oh my god, do we actually like each other? You start to realize they're trying here. This is great. And of course it ended with it going sour. And Daniel Bryan at the end, storming off after hip tossing Shane, after having Miz angrily pull him off of Joe, after him walking away angry. This is going somewhere good. I'm all in. I love the team. I said that uh, SmackDown was basically like an A minus the whole way through. Every match was amazing. I mean, can we give Rey Mysterio and uh, and Oh my God, that like oh my! I've been a little skeptical on Rey lately. Like he's forty three. I've been like, can he keep this up? Can he keep? He's incredible. He's incredible. He was like a plus plus in that match. Like all all, almost had to do was bump off of him basically. Like he kind of missed it, but did you see that baseball slide uh, DDT? Oh my God! I mean, that was incredible. Were the other matches on SmackDown? Remember off the top of your head? I mean, the no. main event was, was was oh Nikki Nikki Cross uh, Becky Lynch. Oh which let's just God. talk about that right now. So they gave us a really nice surprise. Uh, Glasgow Scotland native, I think. Is it Glasgow? Yeah, I think so. 
Nikki Cross gets introduced. You know, Becky's like, she feels like she wants to fight. At the end of that fire promo, which really worked out well, they bring in Nikki Cross. The crowd, I don't blame them for not realizing it when the lights were flashing and, and the beginning of the song, because you haven't heard Sanity's theme in the last two months. Are they on okay, but, Yeah. Yeah, but they finally figured it out. Sanity came out, and you knew as Sanity, as soon as Sanity hit the stage, it's going to be Nikki Cross. Nikki oh. Cross comes out, man, rushes to the ring, does the stuff that I don't love about Nikki Cross, the total manic part, but then gets into the Becky, let's play, let's yeah, play yeah, Becky yeah. stuff That's that creepy. I love about Nikki Cross, BC. Holy crap. Like, it was feel spot activated in the promo. It was feel spot activated Nikki Cross. And then the damn match. Hold on one second. Our, our good friend Brian Owens at Owens11B. He comes out with a hot take. He's like, BC, was this a waste of a Nikki Cross debut? Seems like there was no way you could let Becky lose to her and have Becky to continue as being the badass who's taking over the division. Feels like they could have used it with Charlotte and have her continue to question her abilities after taking a loss to her. B.O., Brian Owens, you overthought that. You got yep. played. Congratulations. Uh, where's that sound bite? Congratulations. You played yourself. You played yourself. Uh, no, that was perfect because you know what they did? They put together the broken storyline of why is Sanity out there without Nikki Cross and then they put over Nikki Cross so huge by getting two near falls on Bex that like I believe she's a legitimate title contender now because she's that crazy Well, and it, guess what she didn't have to leave NXT she's still there doing the Aleister Black storyline for the moment it's probably going to eventually have her take over send off in a big match I thought every, this was exactly like having Cena do the open challenge, and it's Sami Zayn who comes out in Montreal back in 2015. This was the exact same accomplishment. Perfect. Brilliant. That's that's exactly what it was. Uh, it, it allowed Vince, thank God, to see the way the crowd reacts to her with sanity, which is what you want. Like, like Sammy, I believe, probably got called up a little bit quicker, and Kevin Owens, too. By the way, the crowd reacted to seeing them when they made those sudden appearances on Raw, when they were trying to do an NXT match every once in a while to promote the show a few years ago, you know, that worked. And those guys got called up, I think, a little bit quicker because of that. I think the same is going to happen, happen with Nikki Cross here, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. They mentioned, every time they mentioned her, they said NXT's Twisted Sister. If they were calling her up full-time, they would have said Sanity's Twisted Sister or SmackDown's Twisted Sister. They made it very super clear she is still on NXT. So in that moment, it doesn't matter that Becky beat her. Nikki Cross got put over in that match. Yes. You're not going to have the champ lose. You're not going to have the man lose to Nikki Cross. She looked like a legitimate main roster women's competitor. I have been down and always was down on Sanity's chances on the main roster. With Nikki Cross, everything changes. I hope they realize that. And once we get out of TakeOver War Games, I hope she is called up permanently. And by the way, uh, can we just address the man thing? That, that's something – that's an idea that would go so horribly wrong in the hands of almost anyone else. Like horribly wrong. And it's, it's deliciously brilliant. It's so good that I want to buy that shirt and wear it to represent her. And she drops in the man. When she talks third person, you know, don't step to the champ, the man. Yeah. Every single time she catches me with that and I laugh. Like it's perfect every single time. Bex, you're, you're – you're, I mean – I don't know what else I can do. I'm, she's making me feel that. Feel that! Can't help but feel, feel that! Feel all of that! And I don't necessarily mean when I say feel that, although 
I mean, if we're going to have that talk on the uh, After Hours edition of the episode, maybe I'd agree with that as well. But yes, we're feeling all of that right now, Adam. This is the best thing that ever happened to us. Thank you, WWE, for not screwing this up. Please let the champ, the man, continue to dominate. I hope yeah. I hope she disarms damn Rousey. Well, that's not going to happen. Come on. It would be great. It, it, listen, it should. it really should. When you look at this Survivor Series five-on-five men's match, which really it's it's looking good, but it doesn't mean anything. They haven't given us a reason for it to matter. They don't, they're not doing the under siege like they did a year ago where that became the focal point. The women's match doesn't matter. This new 20-man tag team Survivor, Survivor Series elimination, elimination match doesn't matter. Rollins and Nakamura doesn't matter. So to me, the main event of the show needs to either be this or Lesnar Styles. And we, since this is Lesnar Styles 2, and this is Rousey Lynch, hopefully one of 100, um, there's no doubt in my mind this should main event the show. Yeah, but it's not, because uh, Vince just showed you who the who, who his number one is. It's Brock. So hey, they're paying it. Rousey too. Let's not forget. Yeah, but Brock moves a little more overall product. Mm. I don't it's know, consistent. man. Rousey's got a lot it's of shirts. Um, there's a lot of other things that happened this week. Let's kind of just hit some bullet points, and you tell me if you have any thoughts on them, if they matter to you, and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, Seth Rollins defended his tag team titles by himself against AOP. Long match. AOP went over as the new champs. What did you think of that development? Good booking. Good booking. Um, definitely. Uh, I was intrigued. I didn't know if Dean Ambrose was going to run in and help Seth just for the sake of keeping the titles on and figuring we'll deal with this later. The fact they never came out was a little bit interesting, but in in the in theory, it saved Seth doing the one on two. And it put over AOP. It was a big success all the way around. Well, D- Dean did come out after the match, hit Dirty Deeds, laid him out again. Did so he there really? was. Wow, I got to stop yeah. watching uh, Raw and Fast Forward. Did I somehow miss that part? You're saying D or no? I, I did see that. So Dean... Ambrose came out, crouched by him, said, "You really want to know why?" It looked like he was going to give him a reason. Yeah. Drop the mic. Wow. Drop the mic. Oh made God. sure Rollins got up, kicked him, Dirty Deeds, Dude, and then I they lingered on content. Rollins for a long time. I, I covered UFC all weekend. I power watched the, the damn Saudi thing. I've been watching MJPW. There's too much in my brain. You're right. And it was good. It was pretty damn awesome, too. Damn, I love what they're doing with the. You know what? I might be back. I might be a wrestling fan again. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> There's good stuff happening. What I really liked was the connection of Rollins coming out, calling out Lesnar, then having to defend the titles. And also, and also Rollins walking out to the ring with both titles on him. Like strapped around his neck like, oh, well, I guess I'm the double champion now. And, you know, just kind of rolling with that after me criticizing them a week ago. They didn't even mention that they were the new tag team champions. So I like that. I like that they got the titles off them. It's smart putting them on AOP. But the Raw tag team division, man, it is brutal. I don't know where the hell they're going to go with it. And I don't know what team could legitimately challenge AOP that is on that roster right now. It, it just. I got one name for you. Absolutely. They still around? What's that? Is that Revival? No, this is the damn uh, Doc, Uncle Doc Gallows. Come on. They, they They're on SmackDown. Oh, really? Yeah, we haven't seen him in six months. Talk about having not seen Sanity. You know Those what guys. I really miss uh, as I carry this uh, this uh, Ready, Willing, and Gable towel on my, on my thing? I saw somebody in the crowd the other night with an American Alpha shirt. Like, Dude, they I were the best. I really miss them. I really do. And and I know again, they 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 thought they had something with Jordan and he got hurt. So we know why. But they never but they never even pushed them as American Alpha on the main roster. I mean, I think they were tag champs at SmackDown for like a brief moment. But those guys were great. That, feud, that was a great uh, Steiner Brothers-esque tag team that they did nothing with and well, they I had, like them. They had the feud with the Usos ahead of 32. The problem was 
they had the belt change happen on Title. the go home show because they didn't fit him in on the car and the card in Orlando. Yeah. They couldn't even get him on the kickoff show. I mean, it was, it, that was a whole mess. Um, a couple other things to discuss. We actually didn't talk about this. I'm going to bring it up real quick. Hulk Hogan at crown jewel. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Cause WTF. We just, like, well, I, I teased it off the top and then we never even got into it. You want to know why we didn't get into it? Cause there were so many things to hate about that damn show. <laughs> but yeah, that was part of my opening monologue. Um, how to- like really how t- we we already hit it last week when we knew it was going to happen so we talked about how tone deaf and ridiculous it was it came across as ridiculous luckily he didn't do anything offensive but almost the fact that he did <laughs> that he did almost nothing i felt really bad about it as it was happening because it made no sense in a storyline mode he came out to quote unquote host it but then never appeared again and he did his same tired stick there was nothing new like, Adam, it felt really like going to Branson, Missouri and, and seeing – and by the way, shout out to my guy Derek Zhu who's a comedian in Branson, Missouri and a performer. Shout out to Branson. But it's like that's where you go to die at the end, right? That's where you go. Like when you go see Celine Dion in Vegas, it felt like you're going to see the guy play the one song that he plays. And, again, there's it's difficult to bring Hogan back. I still wish it would have been in something that mattered, something that was original, something that was fun. This was like, oh, you're you're joining the money grab too. You have no cares about morals. Well, I, Terry, we we may have already known that about you, actually, to be honest well, with you. But uh, and whatever payment he got, at least Brock Lesnar and those guys worked for it. I mean, he literally walked out, said, "Hulkamania is running, running wild, brother," and walked out. I got, there was not. He wasn't even. And they did this every time they do a host for a show. They open the show, and then you never see him again. Like New Day at WrestleMania, they opened the show. They did a great job. They introduced the Hardy Boys, huge pop, good segment, blah, blah, blah. And you never saw them again. I think they had a couple moments, but I get I don't think they did. Yeah, that, Maybe for the home audience and maybe not for in, in arena or I in mean, stadium. Reality is Les Hogan at this point is better. I'm just but, saying if you're going to put him on the show, put him on the show. Yeah, Do something. It's, it was – it was really bad. Have him have him run in that. and win the best in the world tournament. Dude, do, you know, do something. I, how, how much of an upgrade on on like outrage from Shane doing that to, to Hogan? <laughs> Look, if you're going to turn heel, you turn heel all the way. You don't half-ass it. You know what I mean? A um, couple more things. Uh, the Natalia, did you watch the beginning of Raw, this Natal, the six-woman tag yeah, match? This is part of that, why I, I'm telling you Raw was really bad. This okay. Like, I ha- no, I have to talk about it, though. So they they don't they haven't made it an issue or, or anything about her wearing her dad's glasses. She, cause she hasn't been, I thought it would have been cool if she always has been ever since he passed away, you know, rest in peace. But they just decide to have her wear them this week for the oh, first time. So lame. And they just decide to have the riot squad break them this week for the first time. And then they just end the match. The match just ends with fake. Everyone just walks and... away. That was so bad. It was so bad that we saw that match again. Mind you, we saw that at Evolution, and it meant nothing then. It was still a pretty good match, but we had just seen that on every Raw leading in, and then to just run that back. Why? Why is Natalia teaming with them? It makes no sense. And now we're why gonna... not have why not have Natalia against Liv Morgan, and have if you're going to do this, which is terrible, and have Ruby Riot outside the ring taunting her with the glasses, break them, then Liv Morgan rolls her up, and then she cries. Like that's not that's all still bad book. But it's way better than what this was. This this made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 why? Again, this was a European Raw on tape delay that they just 
what, what do we have here? Oh, we haven't dug up your father's grave yet. So we anybody got sunglasses? Like, stop. Stop the madness. Like, it really just I, – I don't even think it was poor taste because they do this in wrestling all the time. But – it just wasn't good. If it's going to be in poor taste, at least make it good. Exactly. So the the, the, the Charlotte <laughs> thing that time with Paige, that was really poor taste. It was also fairly well, you know, handled. Yeah, yeah. The beatdown was pretty intense. I remember kind of ranting afterwards, you know what? I, I don't need that type of scripting and booking. But yeah, this this was unnecessary. What? Where are they going with this? Nowhere, nowhere. They're going. There's they're, no, they're, there's no title on the line. There's no tag team titles. There's there's no, this does not matter. It did not need to be in the show. They didn't need to have the match. They didn't need to have this development. It was worthless. It really was. All right, a couple more things here. Uh, Nia Jax was definitely made the female Big Show. Like no doubt about it. On Monday, when she just turned on Ember Moon, who she had just become friends with, and is now in this like Samoan domination tag team now with Tamina. I mean. I'm not against it because it was kind of cool, and I like them together. I think that's awesome. And like, dude, they, they hugged do... really intensely, though. That was they a... did. Well, they're family. If they if they did bring in the tag team titles for women, that's a team that's dominant and is a legitimate contender right off the bat. But like, geez, like she just turned face. She just turned heel they again. Just, they just what are they doing? Things. I mean, she just won a battle royal to become a title contender. What is she doing? Yeah. But look, if she's going to go against Rousey with Tamina in her corner, hey, I'll, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. I would go into, I'd get into that as well. And one more thing that happened on Raw I just wanted to briefly mention. They are pushing Apollo Crews. Yeah, uh, it's going nowhere. You know it. He cut a good promo backstage, and then he beat a quote-unquote former WWE champion uh, pretty quickly, what are they doing with Apollo Crews? Are they actually going to try to do something with this guy? No, no, it'll be a soft push. It'll just you be think a, you think it's a um, it'll what's lead, his name? Mo- Mojo Rawley esque push. Exactly, it'll lead to a mid card feud. Look, I'm happy they they got him out of. They announced that he's out of t- Titus Worldwide. Did he had, did he attack Titus at some point? I don't even no, know. No, no, there was no breakup or anything. Just Dana kind of wasn't with them during the Evolution stuff, and now Apollo isn't with him, and Titus is nowhere. So. Yeah. All I want to announce is that SmackDown is, was, then, now, and forever the A-Show. Thank you very much. Well, now. I don't know about then and forever. Maybe forever if if this Fox thing works out, but definitely not then. Because one year ago, we were crapping all over SmackDown and how absolutely horrible it was. But it is no question about it. It's It's not as good as Raw was last year. It's better than any individual WWE show has been in a long time. The last three-ish months maybe, maybe even a little bit more of SmackDown have been really, really impressive. Um, SmackDown better than NXT consistently, the the TV show NXT, not the damn takeover. So recently, yes. But you know Recently, what? yes. This week's NXT, last Wednesday. Can we talk about that? Let's Pretty talk about it. What do you want to talk about? damn good. All right, we got we got the debut of, of our guy Matt Riddle, the ultimate bro, the king of bros, the bro of all bros. And look... I don't think it was overly impressive, but I felt it was it was good. It was good. It, it established who he was. It, it he mixed in some really good submission moves. He's got the barefoot, almost Kevin Von Erich look with the almost Spicoli thing going on. He's absurdly ripped. We all know he's a former UFC fighter. I think it was a success, but in a weird way, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. What did you think? Uh, I agree with that. I don't think they gave him the best partner. In the ring, what the heck was that? <laughs> Who if where's Conor McGregor? Where's that sound bite? Who yeah, like what? Like give that? him like Raul. There's this guy Raul Mendoza who always shows up and puts people over. Like give him Raul Mendoza. Give him someone of legitimacy. Um, 
there's plenty of guys on that roster where I understand it's just an introduction match and, and they do this. They're doing it with Keith Lee where he's got basically going over either enhancement talent or new trainees in NXT. So that's fine. But I would have liked to seen these guys in some type of match that matters. And we haven't necessarily seen that war games is coming up. You would think he and or Keith Lee would be in matches for that show. Uh, I'm not, I don't do the spoilers, so I don't know whether they are or not. But based on current storylines, maybe we get Riddle versus Cassius Ono. He's obviously been calling out um, William Regal's bro. So if we get that cool, but where's Keith Lee? Um, I don't know how much this card, how much interest this card is generating for me. It feels like, I don't say low isn't bad, but it feels feels like the lowest point for NXT in a little while. Well, it'll come around. It'll come around. Look, I, I, what I'm, my down for that uh, title fight, uh, vel- sorry, title match, Velveteen Dream against uh, Tommaso Ciampo. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, gonna but Dream's going to lose. That's like, gonna we already be, know that. I don't know if we know that. NXT will surprise you. We get Moro back for that card after his break, and then we also get uh, a War Games. Look, you, you told me War Games is coming. I was a little excited. Because I felt they, even though last year's match was really fun, I think it bastardized the concept a little bit, and I didn't love that part of it. The way they ended the show with Undisputed Era, the damn War Raiders, Ricochet, and that back room loading docks, restaurant table area brawl was fire. Was hot friggin' fire. I am all in on that because it's organic and it raw and it felt good. And we even got a Nikki Cross Mercedes Martinez match. And I haven't watched those matches that I need to see apparently on the women's thing. That's somehow almost as good as the Cruiserweight Classic, which I will not believe until I actually see it. I mean, oh, my God. Never forget on that. But, uh, yeah, NXT was really good. And I think I'm, I think I'm back in on, on – uh, Okay, I obviously love NXT. I just feel like sometimes the week-to-week show doesn't always hit you as hard as the takeovers do, which is natural. But, Adam, this week with uh, Aleister Black talking with uh, Gargano's wife, I mean, good things are happening. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Gargano being the attacker? Love it. I love it. He's so deranged right now. He wants to get to Champa so bad, he's trying to eliminate the other people. And now we're getting a match between those two. What? What's What's the stipulation? Um, is there a stipulation? I thought there was some sort of, uh, first guy to die or something, you know, <laughs> if there is, I missed it. I, uh, I am not aware of one at this point. Yeah. I'm going to be in for that because they're telling a long story. We know that, but uh, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. I love you. NXT. It was a good show this past week. I want to see how quickly Riddle can climb the ladder. I mean, can you imagine programs with Riddle against, uh, I don't know, name any of those four or five guys that are amazing right now from dream through ricochet through Cole. I mean, yes, all of the above. It's there. Really, it's a disgusting level of talent right now. We really are at that point where it's as good or better than 2015. We've already been talking about that this year, but like, wow, what a year for NXT, Adam. From it started in January in Philly at the Rumble Takeover with Gargano, Almas went yeah. through that run where I thought that Chicago, that one I really like is what Chicago uh, Money in the Bank weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the Mania and the Brooklyn ones were fantastic. This is the greatest year in NXT history. This is so good. Ooh. Uh, well, are you going calendar year? Calendar year. And, dude, I love the crap out so of So far, calendar year, yes. I, I'll, I just I'll think 2015, at the end of the year, they went into that next generation, which was Balor and Joe. And I like the yeah. generation right before that, the Neville era a little bit more. We're just, but, not, we're just not seeing as much as I do very much like Shayna Baszler. And I like Kyrie Sane and I like the other women there. We're just not seeing it from the women's side like we did because we have to remember 
it progressed from the four horsewomen to Oscar. Yes. And then Oscar and Bermoon. And, and Oscar Nikki Cross. Well, Oscar and- raised up everybody around her. Like my yeah. point is, let's not look past this. They're not using her right on the main roster. No. Oscar is an all time great. Yeah. She is. It, so her NXT my point, work is impeccable. The her NXT run is among the best runs, title runs of it. I mean, it's every match was incredible. It's and so good you might call it a belt run. It was that good. I would call it a title run. Uh, but the there has been a significant drop off since she left. It just yeah, even when Ember Moon got Sane, we got the the uh, Bianca, we got some people that Lacey that could do some things. We'll see. What but happens. they're all but they're all not green in terms of experience, but they're all green in terms of NXT storytelling. They yes. have spent a yes. lot more time on the attacker angle on Undisputed Era. Even Velveteen Dream, he has this title match, but like we've seen him once in the last month. He's kind of just disappeared. So there's something with the storytelling and the booking that over the last two tapings, which is the last two months, that has just been a lull for me. And maybe it's because there's such a big gap between SummerSlam and Survivor Series um, and, and between the takeovers, so they just needed to fill it. And I don't know. And Aleister Black getting hurt certainly changed some of their plans. There's no question about it. But just the last two weeks for me has been a lower point. Not yeah. bad. All right. Still entertaining. Still loving it every week. But They'll just us back with the take. Not as we good. We know that. All right. We got to avoid this show going to two hours. I wanted to close talking NJPW. This could be my entire damn feel spot. This power struggle show from over the weekend in Japan in Osaka. We remember Osaka for things like the uh, Shaka in Osaka. A sequel has been written to the Shaka in Osaka. Love that soundbite, man! I love the revolution. I'm still all in on it. I still love it. Brandy, are you are you here? I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on! Oh, come on, I'm so all yeah, in on sure. this. Wow, that, that was that was a good moment for me right there. Brandy was kind of like, you know, I, I still wonder when she was saying she was all in. Sometimes I like to believe that she wasn't just talking about wrestling. She's a married woman. All right, so am I. All right, so I'm a married man. I'm just. You're also a married woman. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Just for the record. Uh, just say for the record, I was not banging Sonny. Just so everybody knows. All right, let me talk he to you about this. He was not banging Sonny. Let Maybe me talk to you about this, and I'll tell it through this this angle. Kentucky Wong Rifle. Yes, we got a DM. Uh, I didn't even know this card was happening. Maybe I'm not the best steward of the revolution. I had UFC on the brain. I had uh, money in the sand. But our, we got a good listener. You ever hear this guy's name before? Doug Kutayer? Kutayer? I'm yeah. burying yeah, it. Yeah, he tweets us all the time. At, underscore, at Doug underscore Kutayer, Kutayer, spare tire. Doug spare tire. He hit me up with this, and he says, BC, I know you're busy tonight covering real combat sports. You're damn right I was. I was in the garden, brother. But he says, oh, my God. Ishii, Suzuki, straight effing fire. If this match is everything you could want from pro wrestling, damn it, I don't know what is. This week, the revolution and the evolution, to an extent, brought the damn heat, and Vince brought the luck, warm, ketchup, and mustard. I think there was a typo in there, but you get the joke. Hogan is oh sh- oh you're reading another scripted uh, statement great no I'm reading a DM from Doug Kutayer oh okay go ahead if you if you weren't I forgot. on your phone if you were listening I read to a me, text you, I read a text you would have saw it it's my fault I, finishes, I'll take the L there. Doug finishes with Hogan is straight up repug at this point and Jericho is the damn goat a lot of truth in what he's saying his DM got me to check out this card and yes the Ishi Suzuki match was fantastic twenty minutes. Ishii goes over, 
It's complete violence. It was for the British Heavyweight Championship. It's everything you expect it was, but a little bit more dialed up. A lot of standing sequences of them slapping the absolute crap out of each other. Suzuki got cut. It was brilliant theater. I loved it. But that they weren't the MVP of this card. That wasn't the biggest takeaway on this card. Adam, I don't even know if you had time to watch it, but that main event of this pay-per-view, Chris Jericho defending the IWGP Intercontinental Championship against Evil was fantastic. Did you see it? No. Anyone out there that has not seen it, I wasn't that pumped up to see it, even though I'm the Revolution guy. I love Jericho. 21 minutes and 40 seconds of gold. This was Jericho saying to himself, I'm in the main event of an NJPW pay-per-view. I got to set the stage for Wrestle Kingdom. And by the way, it was announced that he will have a match against Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm friggin' fired up. Because Adam, Wrestle Kingdom 13 in January, what's it going to be now? It's going to be Omega against Ace. It's going to be Jericho Naito. It's going to be uh, Jay White against Okada. It's, they're starting to put this thing together, and it's starting to be fantastic. But the point is here, Jericho completely sold out. He's brilliant with the eye makeup and the fat stomach, and he comes out in masks, and he's obviously reinvented himself even more from that first match against Omega as this new character, this new sadistic dude. He's commandeering the video cameras. He's doing all the shtick you would think he would do, but he also did like four table spots. This was an absolutely good, almost great match that he won by submission. It got me back into realizing. Oh, thanks for the spoiler. Great. Well, you know, I mean, it happened. You know what I mean? I got, we got, we got to tell the people what happened. Yeah, but you, you just asked me, did you see it? I said no. All right, so, so I'm going to protect you. The spoiler here. You not, didn't need that was that was unnecessary to say how much you love the match. Talk about the match and what it. Matters. It was unnecessary to say you're saying how much you love the match. You didn't need to say the finish. This is the same guy who instructs people on Twitter not to tweet about Raw not while he's watching people, the Monday Night Football game. Not people journalists people that cover it dude you pick what's most important to you at a time to watch or whatever your job tells you you have to do and then it's up to you to avoid it is i don't think people should do it at any time but especially during football season yeah i can't believe that you expect that out of wrestling fans to respect that you have not to watch fans not fans journalists but those journalists are catering to their own followers where they I don't are know. A- you know what brian i find a way when i watch raw live i find a way to tweet about it without posting spoilers somehow crazy it's live it happened the olympics doesn't put out not put out uh spoilers because people are the olympics gonna- is a real sport this is a tv show it's different so do you have the same feeling about people that live tweet like insert show of the moment yes absolutely game of thrones yes but yes, that's up to you to watch it live if it's that important to you. No, because there's people. Listen, people don't. Not you're being considerate. Are we not considerate anymore? It's social media. It's open. It's a conversation that's live. It's a live. Oh, no, Brian, there's a reason. There's a reason why when like there's a there's a story written about an episode of TV, it's spoiler alert. Okay, this so would be me, a let spoiler me, let me alert. Tell you, let me let me let me let me give you a scenario. All right, Survivor Series. Okay. You're, let's say you're live tweeting it because we're covering it for CBS, and the damn rock comes back, okay, okay. and saves somebody in a match. Are okay. you telling me you are not going to tweet the words "the rock" out of respect for anybody that Sunday night who's watching fo- NFL and covering and watching NFL football? So this is during a Sunday night football. I mean, I would. Do, so it's really it's the during, same uh, insert anything into Sunday. It's night the football. same answer for me either time. No. You're telling me you're not Adam Silverstein watching it live is not going to tweet 
The Rock or anything. No, I, oh my, no, I, oh my God, holy cow, that's amazing. What a surprise. Something like that, yeah. That's an unreal expectation of the world we live in. Are you kidding it's me? It's not, I'm not asking fans to do that. I'm saying journalists. I expect, you know what I hate? And, and I really mean to, I really mean to unsubscribe. Good for ESPN. They have, they have wrestling coverage. It's great. Every single time there's a title change, they send an alert to your phone. Yes. You know how many people get pissed off on Twitter about that, that reply to their account and say, Why, why'd you guys spoil it for me? It's not just me, man. If you're not watching something live, and especially if it's not on a pay-per-view, if it's a weekly show that airs at from 8 to 11 where some people go to sleep, not me. I stay up, obviously, and watch Raw on Mondays no matter what. But there's some people that go to sleep at like 9, 10 o'clock. They can't watch it. They wake up. They have spoilers all over the place, not from fans. From journalists being like when we post our raw recaps on our pay-per-view recaps, I don't say Brock Lesnar won the title in our headlines. I say huge title change. There's a reason I do that. I do it to be respectful to the fans and people who don't want to be spoiled. So I think that journalists, not fans, can do the same when tweeting about Raw and SmackDown and and pay-per-views. I don't think that's a crazy. So only scripted sports. No scripted shows. But regular sports, then, let's say it's flipped. Let's say you're just the biggest WWE fan ever, but your job makes you cover the NFL. Are you not right. allowed to tweet uh, touchdown catch by this guy to take the lead? No, it's live sports. It's totally well, different. What if I'm DVRing the NFL game? Because uh, then, you, then it's up to you to avoid the sports. It's up to you all the time to avoid the no. spoilers. Come on, no. Silver King. You're better than that. Now you tell should, me who's the fruit booty. Now tell me who's the fruit yeah, yeah, love that. I'm, I'm right about this. I'm sorry. No, no, dude. All right, p- put it out on a poll. Add in this corner CBS. Put it out on a damn poll, and you'll see. We'll put it on the poll match. You'll see. You'll see. All right? Okay. You'll see the result. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But back to Jericho. Was the match The match was great, you're saying? The match was great. He's the best in the world at what he does. This character yeah. is so good. I can't believe he was doing the moves he was doing. Uh, multiple lion salts. Uh, tapped him out. I, I loved everything about so, that match. I will say this. I haven't seen the match, so I can't comment on it. But I love the character that he has become. But you can't tell me the makeup is good. It's a joke. It looks awful on him. Like the the, the clown makeup with the lines around the eyes. It wasn't it's, as bad as it was let's, in the past. I, I'm fine let's with dial, it. Let's dial it back, Chris. Let's take no, I'm fine seconds. with that. I think the Rousey stuff they she does for pay per views is way, way more out of control. Where they I think they're them. both. I think they're both objectionable. I mean, it's the character I, he's playing. It's great, and uh, Wrestle Kingdom's coming together. It's looking really good. Um, yeah, I didn't know what happened on that cruise. I didn't really follow it or care that much because it seemed like it was more of a private. So event. yeah, nothing really happened. The only real takeaway is we actually discussed it on the show. I forgot if it was a DM or a hero or zero question, but we were talking about those guys going away from the Bullet Club name. Yes, and what and what that would mean if they did do that. Well, they did announce they are now the elite. And it really felt to me like I was right in saying it is way more about them and about merch than it is about New Japan, you know, trying to keep the Bullet Club. I think, yes, the, 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 that's a trademark or the property of New Japan anyway. These guys are extremely smart for changing their name because we, if you can make a name change, and you can make things better when you do it, uh, especially if merch money comes along with it. And they get a higher percentage of those royalties. That's a that's a big thing for them. And it also happens to be the name of their show. And they already have shirts that are, are the elite, even though it's a different meaning, different number of people. But it does seem like the elite now is Cody, Kenny, the Young Bucks, Marty, and Hangman Page. All right. I'm with They're it. for them. I'm with it.
with it. And um, that's that'll wrap up our show for the week. Uh, I think we got in under two hours. I mean, not, not bad, you know. I mean, uh, maybe we'll play a little Vinny Vegas. Stuff, let me tell you something, Big Josh. You pancake-eating fat boy from the Northwest. Wow, I gotta find out who Big Josh is. I gotta, I gotta go back. And, <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that feud there. Um, you got anything to say? Uh, oh, we got a big guest coming up in the future on the uh, on the In This Corner podcast. I may or may not be in uh, Manhattan tomorrow to interview this person. I'm, I'm fired up for this. Let's do this. I think I, I think we tease the bag uh, with this: a former world heavyweight champion. That's true. That's true. That's true. Man of course, wrestled, it's true. Man who wrestled in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. All right, all right. Big, big guest coming up for BC. I think we should say goodbye. I mean, you mean like, uh, like, like Randy, like, uh... you know, say goodbye. 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 Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, get out of here. Well, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. No, yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. That's right. It is, and we are out. Thanks.